Everybody that loves the Lord, say amen. amen. Go to the book of Ephesians. <clears throat> Go to the book of Ephesians. We're going to read two prayers. There's the two prayers of Ephesians. Chapter 1 and chapter 3. Hadn't the Lord been really good to us? I bless the Lord. I, I want to preach for just 20 minutes. And I feel like I'm going to. And then I'm probably going to like it so good I may do another 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty confident about that first 20 minutes. I feel like I want to preach for 20 minutes. And uh, it's probably going to be so enjoyable to me that I'll do it three or four times. No, I'm going to quit when I doze off. So I usually say I'm going to preach until my belly growls because, you know, we've got to get out and eat. But we done got out and eat. So now I'm going to preach till I feel like taking a nap. And then I'm just going to, I'm just going to turn the altar call over to Jason. I'm just going to walk out the door. Jennifer, drive me home. I'll be asleep before I get to the house. Y'all don't have a service tonight. So we can go rest. And, uh. I have a burden on my heart. I was going to preach a message to honor Brother Cofield. I was going to preach on the Great Commission because that's been his heart all these years. And But <clears throat> y'all done fooled around and got to acting spiritual. <laughs> Whenever a church gets spiritual, the preacher always changes his sermon. Isn't that right, preacher? Change it. Even if it was the right one, the next one, had to have, it'll have to be the right one too. So I had a burden, but, I, but now the Lord wants me to share it, and preach it, to challenge the church for the next generation because 40 is the number of a generation. So y'all, this is now. You're going into another generation. This church, this church now going forward, in, in my thinking, sitting here today, is going to be for the youngins of the ones that was just standing here. It's going to be for your grandchildren. And, they'll, and your grandchildren will be grown children here in a minute. And in the hour we live, somebody, somebody better figure out that we're still going to keep having church. Because there ain't many folks having church anymore. Southern Baptists are so worldly, there's very little of Jesus. A lot of humanitarian, a lot of social issues, very little Jesus in their churches. If that hurt your feelings, you shouldn't have brought your feelings with you. That's the wrong kind of feeling we're looking for. We're looking for the F-I-L-L, not the F-E-E-L. And our independent Baptist churches... 
they are rapidly turning into a bunch of contemporary, which is charismatic. They're rapidly, just quickly, our colleges and our leaders and our church, look what happened in Chattanooga. It's not even there now. And that was a bulwark. And that was the master ship. And if you think that you can't, they're all going contemporary. And then the ones that are not, they're not careful to dry up on some dead religion. The morning Sunday school lesson, a further thought there is he found that group. I believe the Lord found some independent fundamentals in Acts 19. He stumbled up on them and they were 12 disciples. And they were very faithful. They'd been faithful a long time. And uh, they said, we've never even heard of the Holy Ghost. We're still operating on John's baptism. That's the average independent fundamental Baptist outfit. They're still operating under a law of, a, of another dispensation. And uh, never even heard of the Holy Ghost. And they were good men and they were faithful men. But God filled them with the Holy Ghost. And so somebody had better have church. Uh, I'm going to call a business meeting right here. Right now. I'm, I'm a charter member. I was baptized here 36 years ago. I got as much I got as much vote as anybody. I mentioned something to a couple of the men. I won't mention it to all you men right now. Uh, I don't even know if this is possible. I did look it up. Uh, the pastor and Mrs. Connie are getting on an airplane tomorrow. I think Qatar Airlines they do have preferred seats. It's not first class. That'd probably cost a hundred thousand dollars. But it sure would be good if y'all could get on there today on the airlines and adjust their seats. If there's any left, put them on preferred seating. Upgrade them. And church, y'all just pay for it and make it part of a special day. I don't even know if it's possible. If, the, if it's sold out, it's not possible. But it may be possible to upgrade them to preferred seating and just have the church pay for it. And you men can talk about that. And if somebody don't like this, I don't like you. <laughs> pretty good deal. Pretty good deal. If you don't like upgrading the preacher's seats and paying for it, then we don't, you're not allowed to go to Waffle House with us and eat chili. <laughs> so there. And when we go to Dairy Queen, you, you, know, you, go, you go to the gym and work out. But I wish you men would do that. I make a lot of overseas trips with our missions, and, and uh, I don't want to mention anything about Brother Wayne getting close to the age of 70. <laughs> but it's, it's happening. It's happening. And uh, if they have any more preferred seating, it would probably cost a little bit, but y'all should upgrade. Go on there and upgrade it and have the church pay for it. I think that would be a great blessing. And that'd help, and I hope it's possible because they got, they're going to be 30 hours from the time they leave their driveway till the time they get to that driveway. And uh, when you're nearly, now Miss Connie's not nearly 70, but Brother Wayne is. <laughs> She's just tagging along with him as the birthdays go by. I felt led to share that with you men, and I hope y'all can do that for him. I hope it's even possible at this point. I did look it up. I know Delta does that, and Qatar 
They got enough oil, they ought to stretch a seat out. <laughs> Amen. Is everybody in Ephesians? I did have, uh, I actually, um, the schedules, schedules filled up this year, and, and uh, the Lord does that every year, just one year at a time. Uh, and I had two appointments today, but I, I broke both of them. I called and got permission, forgiveness, and I did. I just canceled two appointments uh, so I could honor this with, to be here on this 41st anniversary. And, uh, and that's how the Bible says, forsake not thy friends, nor thy father's friends. And, and this man, was he was standing in a gap. And it was time for me to be baptized. He's my father's friend, and, and, and I believe that. And, always, and the thing about Brother Cofield, and we should give honor to where honors do, he's been the same the last 40-something years. He's been the same man, and he's been faithful. And uh, I might go ahead and share a little more with you. I'm feeling kind of hungry. I've already eaten. I wouldn't mention it, but he did. He mentioned about discord and division, and it happens sometimes. Let me tell you something. As, as Brother Garris or Brother Hudson would say, look up, look up in here. <laughs> Brother Garris said, look me in my God-given eyeball. And he's not here, but I feel his spirit, so y'all look up here before I throw a pew at you. <laughs> Let me tell y'all something. Let me tell you where you're supposed to stand when these things, when the waters are a little cloudy. At the church. Let me tell you where you're supposed to stand. Jesus called Judas friend and couldn't keep him. Jesus called Simon Peter Satan and couldn't run him off. Let me tell you something. There's some folk you can pet them and love them, give them a position and a title, and they're still going to leave because they're full of the devil. That would be a good place for you to say amen or something like amen. Or I'm going to think you are Judas. And he called Simon Satan and couldn't run him off. Let me tell you something. The ones that God planted here, you can't run them off if you called them the devil in front of everybody. I got Bible for this. And, and while I'm here, I'm just going to operate like an evangelist for a minute. How come there's two women that say amen and no men? That's just a question. Is that a fair question, Pastor? Where are you men at? Where are you? I'm fine with them two ladies, whoever they are. My diabetes got my eyes clouded. I can't see nobody but Daryl. Hey, Daryl. I don't mind them two ladies say amen. It does bother me when there's 50 men in here and y'all ain't said nothing all morning. <laughs> Have you lost your voice? Have you men lost your voice? Do you not know how to say amen? Praise the Lord. That's right. Glory to God. Go ahead, preacher. Say on. Stuff like that. Stuff like that. <laughs> I got me a sermon now for... I got like six of them for when the men have lost their voice. 
Next step, you'll be a John Hagee church. Give him glory in the house. Give him glory in the house. Can't nobody say amen at to start hand clapping. <laughs> there, y'all shouldn't have fed me so good before. You shouldn't. You know better than that. Feed a preacher. Expect him to be nice. That's the truth. Y'all think about that. Jesus looked at Judas and called him friend and gave him the position and couldn't keep him. I'm going to tell you something. Y'all don't be worried about taking sides. Stick with God's man. You just stick with God's man. He's been faithful over four decades. You ought to figure it out by now he's a real thing. Well, I don't like the way that could have been handled, but somebody should have said, well, he ain't perfect. Well, other baloney. He called Judas friend and couldn't keep, he called Simon Peter Satan and couldn't run him off. They didn't even have a verse where they had to get right. <laughs> he liked that. They didn't even have a verse where they had to get right. Some of y'all so pitiful you don't even get called a name and pout for three months over nothing. He called him Satan in front of the rest of the church. And Simon's response was, well, what's for supper tonight? That's what he said. He said something like, yeah, I mean, I, maybe his thought process, let's enter into Simon's brain for a minute. He's like, that was really weird. He just called me the devil. He's the Lord, and, you know, I done quit my job and sold my nets. I've been called worse. I'm a fisherman. They cuss like sailors where I come from. He didn't even have a verse where he had to get right. Simon just said, well, to whom shall we go? You're the only one. There's nowhere else to go. And what's for supper? Where are we sleeping tonight? What olive grove is it tonight? Didn't even have to get right. People who God put in the church, they don't even have a verse where they have to get right. Call them the devil in front of everybody and they just blink twice and move on. You side with the church, the Bible, the man of God, and those are always bundled together. You, you, you don't even have to figure out anything. Just stand by the man of God. It'll all figure, it'll figure out later. Ephesians 1. Well, I've done exhorted for 10 minutes. We'll, we'll say that was exhorting. We'll call it that. That was an introduction to the introduction. There's two prayers. I'm not going to be long now. I want to show you one thing. I don't have any points or subpoints. I have one burden. It'll take just a moment to unravel it. But I want you to see it in light of the fact that Whitfield Baptist Church needs to go for another generation. Two prayers he prayed. Okay? Ephesians 1. Let me pray. Lord, thank you for Calvary. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Touch us for a moment. It is the afternoon and our bodies will settle. Our Father, touch us for a moment. Make this eternal and effectual. In Christ's name we pray. And all the Lord's people said.
through prayers. Watch this, Ephesians 1, verse 17. By the way, now, we're in some heavenly places. Ephesians is a very spiritual book. I need y'all to come here. I said Ephesians is a very spiritual book. Don't make me preach 20 minutes to establish that. Heavenly places. Heavenly places. You'll see that like five times. And then heaven, heaven several times. And far above is a phrase. Far above all. Far above. You'll see that. You'll see that. This is a very spiritual book. Arnold Gabelin, the saved Jew, he's going to be in heaven now. But Gabelin said that Ephesians is the holy of holies in the New Testament. Mm. It's a very spiritual, very heavenly book. And, and, and I know, and Paul has two prayers in here. Two prayers in this book. So chapter 1, verse 17. He had said, make a mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you, watch what he prays for, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Is everybody with me? I know you've not had the time to digest this, process this, meditate on this. I've been preaching this here and there for a few months. You've not had the time. But this prayer, he was praying for them to see some things. Okay? Now, see what? Verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being lightened. There's three what's coming up. That ye may know what is the hope of his calling. Number two. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance. Not your inheritance. Your inheritance is in verse 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance. This is his inheritance. And it's found in the saints. I'm going to say something, y'all. Bet this, there's a 20-minute penalty box running here right now. You're at the risk. Uh, you, you, it depends on how you act. The church is precious to him. I don't know how you did there. Use clothes. Let's try again. The church is what he loves. The church is what he died for. The church is what he lives for. The church is where you'll find him. And if, it, and if it's not in the church, if it's not of the church, if it's not with the church, if it's not by the church, if it's not for the church, if it's not around the church, if it's not connected to the church, you're wasting your time. The church. We don't have time to preach on the church because it's in every chapter in Ephesians. But he said, he wants you to see what's the hope of his calling. And the emphasis, that, the emphasis there is on the hope. There's an anchor. Mm, leave me alone. Don't have time to preach the actual message. What is the hope of his calling? That's how secure we are. Mm, mm, mm. And then the riches of his inheritance, that's how special we are. Mm. And the third what he wants you to see is... And what is the exceeding, it's in verse 19, and what is the exceeding great, I'm about to run what I'm about to shout, 
What is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe according to the working of His mighty power? Let's stop and thank God for His power. Now He needs you to see three things. But I'm not going to preach on them three things. I'm going to preach on how important it is to see them. Let's go to the second prayer. It's in chapter 3. I'm going to be done just right here in, right when I get to the end. Ephesians 3. Here's the second prayer. I'm in chapter 3, verse 14. For this cause, almost preached on that this afternoon in honor of y'all's pastor. Three times it's in Ephesians, for this cause, for this cause. For this cause. But in chapter 3, verse 14, for this cause... I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That, okay, now we're going to have four that's. There are three what's in that other prayer. And now we got four that's. Here they come. What's he praying for? That he would grant you according to the riches of his mighty glory to be, here it comes, strengthened with might by his Spirit. In the inner man. That's the first that. He wants you to have everything the Holy Spirit has for you. Then verse 17 comes to the other. He wants you to have everything that Christ has for you. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That ye being rooted in ground and love may be able to comprehend with all saints what the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. Okay? There's some that's in there I'm running to. And then here's the last that. It's at the end of verse 19. All right, he wanted you to have everything that the Spirit had for you. Then he wanted you to have everything that Christ had for you. Watch this. Now he wants you to have everything God the Father has for you. Middle of verse 19. That ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Okay, so, so watch this. Second prayer. Brother Cofield in the first prayer... Paul was praying that they would see what they needed to see. In this second prayer, he's praying that they'll seize what they need to seize. He said, I'm praying that God would grant you to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. I'm praying that you could get a hold of that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith and be rooted and grounded and be able to comprehend what's the breadth, length, and height, and depth. To know the love of Christ. And, and, and that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. He was praying that they would see some things in the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He was praying that they would seize some things. That's two prayers. Now I'm going to stop and ask you, just notice something. Notice something. Just 30 second time out. Pretty interesting what he was not praying for. This didn't sound like a typical Wednesday night. Name that body part. <laughs> and trust me, if I'm sick... I want everybody to know about it. Facebook it, Instagram it, to call people, put me on a group text. Just 
And then I, sometimes I get better and I don't let people know. I want people to continue to feel bad for me, pray for me, send gifts, and offerings, love. And I asked my wife, Jennifer, I don't suffer well. She gets sick and everything still has to operate. Because we can't live without you mamas and wives. I feel a cold coming on. Just go lay down sideways somewhere real still. Oh, help. I don't, I don't suffer well. Somebody said, well, I can't complain. I said, I can. Give me your 10 minutes. Move over. You're wasting our time. I need to get some things off my chest. But isn't it amazing when he got in a holy, holy, holy place what he did not pray for? I didn't hear him praying for an election of the corrupt Roman Empire. I didn't hear him praying for a new car and an old job. Y'all ain't helping me. I'm sorry, it ain't in there. You talk about having physical maladies and problems. Dear time, go over there and read how Corinthians end. Man, there, it wasn't what was wrong with Paul's body. There's two or three things left that was right with it. But he wasn't praying for his body, and he wasn't praying for the economy. wasn't praying for the upcoming election. Aren't we a carnal outfit? wonder how much of your prayer closet would be abbreviated if we took you and all your personal requests out of it. What you want the Lord to do for you and what you need Him to do for you. He wasn't even praying for their church to have numerical growth. You mentioned this morning how it's not about buildings and how and land and property. It wasn't about that with Him either because that wasn't in either one of them prayers. Y'all help me now. This was the sort of a newsletter, a missionary newsletter. He wasn't praying for all them things that make it to our little carnal materialistic worry list. It's not a faith list, it's a worry list. Mm. Look what he was praying for. He said, oh God, they've got to see some things. They're going to have to seize some things. Are y'all with me? I wonder why he had that burden. It's the church at Ephesus. Flip over to Revelation 2 and 3. Flip over there. If you're not able to flip, take your fingers and turn, turn the pages. <laughs> I could do a handstand if I'm laying down and just with my hands. Look in Revelation 2. What's this first church? It's written 30 years later. This is written 30 years after that prayer. Pretty good church. Most pretty good church. Look what he brags on. Is there at least seven things? I'm not sure. Seven things. Beginning in verse, are y'all in Revelation 2? Verse 2. I know thy works. Boy, they, they, they had a lot going on. That S. Works. And thy labor. They gave it all they had. And thy patience. That indicates some maturity. And how that thou canst not bear them which are evil and tried them that are in or not and found them liars. I mean, they, they dealt with bad people in the church. That's five things. That's more than you can say for the average church in Dalton. They don't deal with nothing. 
either split and start another church or go join the rock, the bridge, the view, the loft. I done told you what my plan is. I'm in verse 3. And hast born with an E. That means like a mama carries that and, and, and carries that labor pains to bring something forth. They are born and has patience. If, if your patience gets mentioned twice, you've got a lot of patience. And for my name's sake has labored and not fainted. Or what are we in, the seven or eight compliments? Pretty good church, right? What's the next verse? Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. Because thou hast left. What's your pastor kept preaching this morning? Where's our heart? That's what he said all morning. Where's our heart? Where's your heart? He challenged himself in front of y'all. Where's my burden, my heart? I don't want to be mundane. You know, after 41 years, it'd be easy to have a lot of patience but lose heart. Hmm. How would y'all like to have went to the church at Ephesus? Do y'all know who was some charter members? It was pastored by Timothy. Boy, that'd be an interesting Sunday sermon. That was the Apostle Paul's preacher boy. Come on now. And the scriptures wasn't done yet. Timothy, what visions did Paul have last week? Whoa, this is going to be a good sermon. Come on now. Y'all ain't helping me. The great Apostle Paul. It was your pastor's pastor. What if your pastor was the Apostle Paul's favorite pet? What would Timothy be preaching on? Well, help. all right, this Sunday, turn to a new scripture that me and Paul wrote last week. Come on, y'all. What about that? I had to write it for him. He's got large eyes, according to Galatians. (laughs) Something, I don't know if y'all have heard all that. Whoa. Guess who was an old preacher in that church? Old retired preacher. Brother Randy Bell. He he wasn't in Ephesus, but. He's going to be here in a couple of weeks, I think. And he's been to the church at Ephesus. He's been there physically. It's in uh, Asia Minor. They're in Turkey, outside of Istanbul. All seven of these churches are in a 35-mile radius. Charles Lawson from Knoxville, precious man of God. He's been there. They both have told me. They've walked up. And I think in Ephesus and some of the you can actually go up to the old church. The ruins are there. Guess who's buried out next to the church at Ephesus? Charter members. John and Mary, the mother of Jesus. How would that lady's jubilee be? (laughs) All right. Everybody come to the ladies' jubilee at Ephesus. Jesus' mama will be talking about Jesus. Come and find out what his first words were. What was Jesus' first words? Did he ever wiggle his finger and rainbows go to jumping across the sky? (laughs) 
Did Jesus ever have, did the girls at the class, did any girl ever have a crush on Jesus? And how did he act? That's strange. How did he respond when a neighborhood bully came threatening? Did Jesus ever stand there on the front porch when the Bethlehem sheep, because you know Jerusalem got their sacrificial sheep from Bethlehem. Y'all know that? And so, do, so did we. Did Jesus ever stand on the front porch with a strange look on his face when the sheep went to Jerusalem to be slaughtered? Did he ever mention that he might whip the devil? Like when he was 14. Talk to me now. We don't have anything hardly up until the age 30. How would you like to win to church with Jesus' mama? How would you like to win to church with John? John had stood at the beginning of time, the middle of time, and the end of time. He was one of God's time travelers. John stood at Calvary. He's the only preacher on record that we ever know of of having actually eyewitnessed the cross. 10,000 times plus Old Testament prophets preached about a Messiah that was coming. 10 million exponentially compounded preachers have preached about Jesus came and died in the church age, but only one man we know stood there and saw it. He stood at the middle of time. And then when he wrote his gospel, he said, in the beginning. Huh, he said, what? Who else wrote about in the beginning? Moses. As far as we know, Brother Coville, Moses and John are the only two men that God ever took to the beginning and let them stand there. Moses looked forward into time. John looked backward into eternity. What to say about Moses? In the beginning, God planted him there. I'll show you something, boy. I'll tell folks about it. God created. And he wrote down creations. God took John who stood in the beginning. In the beginning. What's the next word? It starts with a W. In the beginning was. Stop right there. God put John in the beginning and said, was. Turn around and look back. Moses looked into the future of time. John stood in the beginning and looked backwards into eternity. What did he see? In the beginning was the Word. And then he's over there on the Isle of Patmos. He's laying there on that rocky, craggy, barren, empty, small island with no grass, no trees, and no people. No wonder if John said, oh my, is this how it ends all these years I've served him? Is this how it all ends? And I imagine an angel, that angel tapping him on the shoulder and saying, no. You got something to write with? Is this how it all ends? No. Let me see. You want to see how it all ends? This is how it all ends. He's done been to the end of time. Okay. So, 
How would you like to go to church at Ephesus? Quiet, kids. Mary wants to testify again. Stand up and tell us one more story of when he was 21. <laughs> John's teaching Sunday school. He'd been time traveling again. <laughs> Quick, spread the dried sheepskin. <laughs> right this now. <laughs> I think they had papyrus. The Egyptians learned to make paper out of trees, but probably then it was dried sheepskin. Get the dried sheep skin and the quill pit. Pluck it out of the peacock. We're going to take notes. John is teaching Sunday school. Oh, and now Timothy's going to preach. Him and Paul just got off a mission trip. How would you like to went to church at Ephesus? Wow. But you know what Paul said? With all your heritage. With all your Christian heritage, I'm concerned that if you don't see some things and get your eyes open, and if you don't see some things that the Holy Spirit has for you, that the Lord Jesus has for you, that God the Father has for you, I'm afraid you're going to backslide. I'm done. Just leave you with this question. Doesn't that remind you maybe of some of our great churches in the South? With all the heritage. We got everything Paul had and we got it from some great holy men. We've had our own version of Apostle John's and Mother Mary's in our own midst. Roman Catholics, friend, they do go too far with all that. They start worshiping them saints, you know. Isn't that something? 30 years later, y'all have not quit and you're doing all the right things for all the right reasons, but you got no heart. There's no love in you. You don't love him, you don't love this, you don't love the church, you don't love the Lord, you don't love this journey. All of that in their heart was gone. That's the burden. Imagine the Lord if you got a burden for Whitfield Baptist Church and it goes something like this. You've got a great heritage. You've heard from the great men and the great women of God. You've had a faithful man. You have great works and you have patience. And patience. Brother John been running buses here for 734 years. Seems like Brother Jenkins been the old right-hand deacon around here 519 since ADBC. Huh? Sister Connie's been Sister Connie. Faithful. Holy. All of his children reflecting great testimony on his life. It's pretty rare. Pretty rare for all you kids.
By the way, a man been that faithful that much of a record, and somebody, anybody, you know, every, about every seven years, a group rise up and take off. I wouldn't run off with a bunch of fools. No, I wouldn't, not for nothing. Do you hear me? I don't care. I, well, there were two ships went sailing one morning. Barnabas and John Mark was on one. The Apostle Paul was on the other. Paul looked like he didn't halfway know what he was doing and it looked like everybody on the other ship was right. But Dr. Bagwell said he never seen Barnabas again. said he sailed out into obscurity. Apostle Paul sailed out into the second half of the book of Acts. Y'all better help me. I don't care what little stories that you justify it with. What about Whitfield Baptist needs to go another generation? Them girls up there singing a while ago, they will have children and their children will have children one day. That's what I'm talking about. Somebody, I'm done. Somebody better see some things. God better give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. You better enter into another level in your walk with God and see some spiritual things. And you better seize. You better get a hold of some things. Or y'all ain't going to be here after a while. They'll talk about who's buried out here and who used to be here. And that's all you'll have. 